You're listening to Spoken Bride, a podcast for Catholic brides and newlyweds chasing authentic love and divine romance. Are you planning a pandemic wedding? Whether your wedding plans have been flipped upside down because of COVID-19 or you became engaged during the pandemic and knew that wedding planning and marriage preparation would be different than you had envisioned, we're here to support you to pray for you, and to offer you reassurance and guidance. Hi, friends. Thank you so much for joining me at Spoken Bride, a podcast inviting Catholic brides and newlyweds into the sacred and the real. I'm Raddy Tavares Tullock, your guest host for today. I minister at Spoken Bride in two beautiful ways, as the vendor coordinator, and I also serve as the newsletter manager. I'm also a newlywed. I got married this past May, which makes me a COVID bride. This episode is all about pandemic weddings, and I'm excited to introduce to you our guest star for today, Emma Dahlman. She is Emma Dahlman of Emma Dahlman Photography, a Catholic wedding photographer shooting bold, emotion-rich photos for the Philadelphia suburbs and the world beyond. Her gorgeous wedding is featured on our site, and you can also find her on the Spoken Bride Vendor Guide, as well as at emmadahlman.com. We've linked her information and her listing in the show notes. So please take a look at that after you hear our episode. Thank you so much for being here, Emma. Thanks so much for having me, Raddy. I'm excited to be covering this topic with you specifically. Absolutely. I'm very excited. I hear that you have a little bit of experience um, dealing with a couple of COVID brides. So I'm really excited to see what kind of fruits God's going to bring today out of your insight and your experience with your brides and a little bit of my background story as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, So Emma, before we get started specifically in terms of pandemic weddings and COVID and how that's affecting the wedding industry and brides near and far, I did want to ask you to share a little bit about your background as I'm personally getting to know you a little bit better. I would love for our audience to just know where your passion comes from, know a little bit about what has brought you to where you are today. Absolutely. 100%. Um, I have always loved photography from the point that I was a little kid with a little point and shoot film camera. Um, I always say I filled up, um, I think, two or three rolls of film at SeaWorld with my camera. That was one of my first experiences I can remember really loving photography, trying to catch the perfect whale jump. That was um, (laughs) a moment during the Shamu show. Um, (laughs) I got into videography in high school and college. Um, I was a sports photographer for a while. Um, That was kind of where I I really learned digital photography in college, sports photography for my school. Um, I started doing photography more regularly as an event photographer in New York City. My husband and I lived there for a while after we got married and started focusing more on weddings and couples uh, professionally throughout that time. I started my business officially in 2016 and I've never looked back. Like I said, I got my start in New York City. Uh, We relocated to the Philadelphia area in 2018. So building up a a clientele and customer base in that area since then. We live in the Philadelphia suburbs. Uh, I'm married. We have one baby girl who is a COVID baby. (laughs) She's 10 months old. (laughs) And uh, and a 10-pound poodle who's crazy and (laughs) keep us on on our toes, all the above. (laughs) Sounds like there's never a boring day in your house. (laughs) Not so much, no. (laughs) 
if you don't mind me asking, I always love to ask this question. Is there a particular moment where you felt like you received confirmation of, yeah, this is definitely my vocation. This is definitely what God intends for me to do with the rest of my life and how I'm going to serve back. Mm. I love that question. And I'm glad you gave me a chance to elaborate a little more because I forgot to say this. Um, I discovered theology of the body uh, in college, early college, spent some time ministering professionally uh, through the, with the Theology of the Body Institute, which is also based outside Philadelphia. Um, and that's where I think uh, my love of photography deepened a little bit. Just this real, I, I really was able to connect it to the beauty of the person and the uniqueness of the person. And that's very much a part of my philosophy with photography, just um, the appreciation for God's creativity played out so uniquely in each individual. I just view it as such a privilege and an honor to um, capture these moments for people. I, I love faces. <laughs> I just love faces and I love um, using the technology of photography to capture faces and um, kind of, yeah, help create those memories for people. Yeah. Wow. That's so beautiful. I love hearing about your background and to just elaborate a little bit more on the faces. I love that you mentioned that because instantly when I look at really grand events like weddings or baptisms or graduations, like what encapsulates the opportunity to look at a, a picture or even a video is just the emotion. Like it immediately just brings you back to how you felt that day um, in that situation, in that circumstance, in that event. So yeah, I totally get what you mean by just capturing faces and just allowing that moment to be still for eternity, you know? Right. Yeah. Something um, just about that. Awesome. It's mm -hmm. great. So as a photographer who gets to walk alongside couples for the entire wedding day, you have so much insight to share, specifically when it comes to pandemic weddings, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so in 2020, I shot... 14 wedding celebrations that went forward in some way or another uh, and 12 couples on some sort of postponement plan for my wedding for their wedding that being said you know, my experience is obviously secondhand I saw a lot of things but I was not a bride myself <laughs> before I have been to you know what pandemic weddings have been like from my perspective I would love to hear more about what your experience was you got married in May uh, I don't know anything more than that. So yeah, could you kind of give us a little synopsis of what you got yes. through with your wedding? Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. I, I would love to share a little snippet. So yes, my fian my now husband, <laughs> fiance at the time, my husband and I have been together now for about eight years. Um, we're kind of like at the cusp of the ending of high school sweethearts, mm -hmm. you could say. Um yeah, we got engaged in 2019 in May. Um, he actually proposed at my um, graduate, like graduation when I got my master's degree. Um, so he, he proposed on my graduation day. It was actually in Chicago. It was very beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, we at the time would have never imagined that a year later our wedding was going to look completely different from what we had originally envisioned. Um, we took off wedding planning like any other normal couple would um, in what we call pre-COVID times, right? <laughs> what the normal weddings look like sure. um, in the wedding industry pre-2020. And when the pandemic hit, 
in around March was when things started to shut down and we were sent home to quarantine. We were both living in Philadelphia in separate apartments at the time. And we both actually came back home uh, to the Lehigh Valley area here in Pennsylvania um, to live with our families there. You know, we have older parents, so we wanted to be there for them. We wanted to be, it's a time you want to be with family, you know? Um, yeah. And we still had envisioned like, this is temporary. This is going to happen where like nothing to worry about. Plans will go on. Let's just take a two, three week break. Like our employers are saying um, until things get a little bit more under control. And then we can go ahead and move forward with what's supposed to be the best day of our lives. Right. <laughs> Which is what everyone looks forward to. Right. Um, as times got closer, we we started to realize that, okay, I think we're going to have to give this a little bit more thought. Um, now we have to weigh in what what's important, you know, our guests' security, our guests' comfort levels, um, how important is it, you know, that we move forward with our day versus um, without having anyone there versus being able to postpone. We have to start to really take into consideration what we value most about this experience and about the next chapter of our lives. And yeah, there were times when I um, started to feel weak spiritually mm -hmm. and I felt like I really needed to invoke the Holy Spirit and intercession through the Holy Family in order to get through some of those moments. And I have to say in that moment is when it truly showed that your bridal party <laughs> is truly who not just steps um not just steps to the altar with you and stands by your side the day of but they should truly be people who you envision going through every aspect following of your life in that um they they were extremely supportive they interceded for me they were with me when we needed to bounce ideas the time came in May when we were still in cold red, at least in the state of Pennsylvania. I'm not sure how it was because it varies by states, but yeah. we had to make the tough decision that our reception was going to have to be postponed. And at first, we didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, I actually sat down with the, our photographer, <laughs> and, um, which is awesome. Yeah, I actually sat down with our photographer and maybe you can talk a little bit about this later on, but usually the photographers are the ones that help you build your timeline for the day. And I truly didn't feel peace until she was able to walk me through, like, this is manageable. We can, we can create a timeline for moving forward with your wedding day and whatever you, um, you know, anticipate that could look like. And we, we can follow up with a, with a reception later on. It's totally fine. And we brought it to the altar and we brought it to our families and, and people supported us and we we I felt a sense of peace when I could truly say like, OK, now I feel comfortable moving forward and giving priority to what's truly important, which is the sacrament. Wow. So we moved forward. And on May 23rd, we got married. We had a very covid wedding. <laughs> um, only 10 people were allowed to attend at the parish. So we invited our closest family members and our bridal party um really really made the day special for us um and our immediate families as well we actually had a couple of family members who were very very important to us um from pretty far come out and surprise us they um they 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 risked themselves but um but it was all with precaution and it was all at a distance and just having the presence there was very very important to us and it was it was a really beautiful and profound surprise
Um, so yeah, so we, we moved forward. We had a car parade. We had a very intimate 10 person reception at the house afterwards, just a very informal dinner party. And we got a couple of pictures and that church that we got married at is actually the church where we, um, where we had met about 10 years ago, 10 years ago back and the parking lot outside the church, which is where everyone surprised us with a car parade was also the parking lot where we, um, gifted our guests with our first dance so it was a really nice and intimate surprise and they actually is the parking lot where we had our first dance when we first started dating eight years prior so it actually ended up being and I I truly believe that the spirit intended it for it to be exactly that way because um, there were just so many meaningful connections that had come out of it regardless that I originally wouldn't have anticipated and only God can provide that you know so we're still in planning mode <laughs> because we are we had postponed our reception. Um, now it's going to be Fourth of July weekend with all of our original vendors. Everyone was willing to come back and move our contracts and all the logistical stuff worked out. So we are still in planning mode, which I'm very excited about. And hopefully um, we'll be able to talk a little bit more um, throughout the rest of the episode. Well, that's the whole, that's the podcast right there. I mean, I think you hit all the things that um, every bride who's gone through this has experienced in some form or another, you know, uh, the emotions, the uncertainty, the continually evolving plans, the things that you kind of pinpointed to still make it special uh, in in your own way, you know, picking and choosing what really mattered to you guys, refocusing yourselves on the sacrament and uh, the love that you share, and then still being in planning mode for round two. <laughs> you know, you kind of all the high points for sure. I feel like I should be interviewing you, not the other way around. No, I think this is a great tag team. I think this is awesome. And and with sharing my story, it really makes me curious about your experience with your brides. Um, are there what has that looked like? What has the pandemic meant for couples um, planning to marry or who have already gotten married that you've personally dealt with as clients? Yeah, really. I, like I said, you kind of, you said it all, but to sort of summarize and condense your experiences, your experience is typical from, from my perspective, what I've seen. So it's obviously getting married during this time has meant huge amounts of uncertainty for everybody. Uh, as you said, for most couples, weddings are planned months or years in advance. So that was always the norm for us. Um, that hasn't mm-hmm. been possible for people in this situation. They've had plans A through B through C through D and uh, created so many backup options. Trying to anticipate what changes might come down the pike throughout the last year has been borderline uh, not doable. So day to day, week to week, it's just been tons of uncertainty. Um, a lot of these couples are facing fears the biggest fear obviously being keeping their guests healthy, spreading the virus unnecessarily, friends or family members becoming ill as a result of their event. Mm-hmm. Couples in this position are facing big risks, um, risk of financial loss, risk of disappointment as event guidelines continue changing. I'm so glad to hear that your vendors were so flexible with you, were able to work with you, especially I think for those first, man, those first few months, with brides and girls. like nobody knew what to do. Vendors didn't know what to do. Everybody was just kind of making it up um, from square one. Um, for a lot of people, and you are one of the people for sure in 2020, it meant that 
wedding days that were completely planned. You know, you guys were done. This was March. Your wedding date was May. <laughs> planned. In a lot of cases paid for, it just disappeared. Like you said, you know, we had a plan. We had to just completely scrap it. Um, other people are, other people rescheduled. They're on multiple wedding dates, multiple reschedules at this point, um, two and three date shifts. But for everyone, as you said, the pandemic has meant taking like the mental template of what we knew was normal for an American wedding and just totally tossing it out the window as of late 2019, early 2020. Just we're starting over. Weddings look different now. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with all of those points. And uh, one thing that actually came to mind as you were just saying all of this is how, what a blessing that you were able to be there for, for was it 14 that you had said? 14 different couples at this yes, point? Yes, yeah, 14 and 20. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, what a blessing that, that you were able to be there for 14 different celebrations throughout a time like this. Like, this is, everyone continues to say that this is this is history. Oh my God. <laughs> um, we, you know, people are going to look back and 2020 is going to be a year to remember, whether infamously or not. So for you to be able to, support and be there for 14 different couples throughout a time like this on a, at a time where they did feel instability before feeling that stability at the altar you yeah. know um to be able to guide them and to be able to offer insight from your prior um, experiences before that one you know i just I, I can't imagine but think about how how profound and how resilient as a vendor, as a supportive, as an intercessor for all of these couples, um, you are becoming through every wedding that you continue to do throughout this pandemic. Thank you so much. That's just, and it means I'm, I'm so, so happy to hear you say that your photographer was a source of peace to you and like helped alleviate a lot of your stress. When you said that, I was like, oh, I really hope that, you know, I was the same person for for my clients because um yeah because I did I tried to be you know I, it was a big profound sense of you know we're all in this together just nobody knows what to do um and yeah. all 14 of those weddings no two looked the same some of them were you know like yours 10 person weddings uh you know the guest list dramatically stripped down some people found ways to get married outdoors uh and some people had the luxury of saying well you know we own our own home so we can do a backyard wedding and some people just said no there's no way my family members are too compromised it was yeah no no two weddings looked the same essentially but but there was something as stressful as it was at the time because it was stressful for wedding vendors too um I do really I do look back and say like wow it kind of was a blessed it was a blessed experience it was you know a hopeful reinforcing experience for me like oh yeah this love this Yeah. yeah. God always finds a way to bring the light out of dark moments. So I, I agree. I really do hope that you were, you were the light for a lot of your clients, if mostly all of them, I hope. <laughs> I hope so, too. Yeah. so through those experiences, um, what are some pitfalls that you recommend to avoid while planning a wedding during this time? Yeah. You know, I have a few that I'll mention. I'd love to hear your advice for brides as well. Things to kind of try to sidestep as you're going through this process. Um, so I'm not sure if I said it earlier. I did go back to, um, some of my 2020 brides in preparation for this, uh, podcast. 
to sort of ask them about their experiences in a little more depth now that they've had some hindsight and time to think about it. And here are the few things that they, a few of the things that they told me. The first one they all mentioned was um, judgment and uh, a million opinions from well-meaning, often friends and family members. And I think you get that no matter when you're planning a wedding, you, you can get a lot of input and it can be tough to sort of keep that at arm's length. But I think especially during this time, brides told me they got judgment in both directions, both friends and family members telling them, oh, it's not such a big deal, you know, move ahead with your event plans, COVID's not that serious. And other people saying, you know, really, I can't believe you'd even consider getting married right now. How selfish can you be? Um, and they found that really stressful, obviously, uh, being <laughs> suffering that kind of judgment. Um, their advice, what, what they sort of unanimously told me was, you know, within the parameters of your state and county's regulations for event gathering, there really is no rule book. There's no perfect solution that's going to exist for planning a wedding under these kind of circumstances. And like I said to you, even as a vendor, I tried to create some blanket policies that I could apply to all 14 of those weddings, but I couldn't do it. Everyone's circumstances were so different uh, with what they were able to do and you know what they what they couldn't pull off, whether it was health or financial reasons, what made them feel safe and comfortable. Um, was that true to your experience? Did you feel like you faced uh, a surfeit of input that stressed you out? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's just COVID. No, I, I think that, <laughs> you know, every bride will encounter uh, a mother who's opinionated family members, bridesmaids, even friends, co-workers. I, yeah, I, I think it's a part of it. It's just more heightened during COVID because it's just such a, such a sensitive time um, for brides right now, especially. And, and I don't want to minimize any other brides experience. I mean, wedding planning is sensitive. It's emotional. It's you really do put a lot of energy and um, attention to it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I, I love the insight that your brides have provided. Um, we are all just trying to make the best with what we have right now. Mm-hmm. So we really do just have to focus on ourselves and what's good for our mental health and really reevaluate, like, what's a priority for me during this time? What really is valuable to me? and how I can proceed with that. Right. You know? Yeah. And I mean, I think this was something uh, with my own wedding that I remember facing, obviously under (laughs) much less stressful circumstances, but um, it could almost be a little bit freeing if you're the kind of bride or the kind of person who's anxious about making the perfect decision um, and pleasing everybody, Mm -hmm. the knowledge that there's really no way to do that in these circumstances, maybe somebody somewhere, even if it's just a person on the internet who thinks you're selfish, somebody somewhere is not going to agree with the way you're moving forward with your wedding. So in a sense, you can almost free yourself from that burden of, you know, there's a right way to proceed with my event. Yeah, I love that. I love that thought. Um, Another one of my brides really hit the point of uh, the pitfalls of resentment and self-pity when you're a bride in these circumstances. Uh, you know, looking to her friends' weddings, looking to other people she knew who uh, had planned events without the burden of the kind of stress and uncertainty and the fear that COVID wedding planning had saddled her with, that it was really easy to kind of feel jealous at times, or, or she felt like she had to really combat those feelings of bitterness 
you know, like, well, my wedding has turned out this way and it's not going to be the way I wanted. It's not going to be exactly what I've been picturing my whole life. She said she had to pray through those feelings and kind of keep turning them over to the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that too. Um, I think, and I'm and not again, but I'm trying to minimize um, any other experiences outside of pandemic weddings, but to some level of extent, there's always just a little bit of comparing, right. you know, um, e- even if it's not to another person directly, um, it's to our Pinterest boards. <laughs> and so, you know, there's always just such expectations that we have, especially since there's so much attention that goes into our mm-hmm. wedding day. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it makes me think of, I, I love that your one bride said she needs to continue to offer it to the Lord mm-hmm. because that is giving her a practice that not only is she using for her wedding day, but she's going to be able to use for her marriage and beyond, you know, when she has her family and moving forward in life. So I do think that there are, there is beauty in the darkness. There are things that our brides today are getting that are going to allow them to continue their journey to sainthood and being an amazing wife and being an amazing mother. And um, yeah, just a lot of opportunities for growth. A hundred percent. And I mean, I think that COVID has maybe um, sharpened a lot of these feelings and experiences, made them a lot more heightened for the brides weddings during this time. But again, without minimizing, I think this is an experience going forward and in the past that every bride has in some way or another that, pitfall of comparison that uh the idea of you know expectations like you said the pinterest boards Um, i think every bride no matter when you get married you know maybe you have five years worth of pins and a head that you're so determined you want and then you realize your dream venue is booked for every saturday for the next three years or you can't um, you can't coordinate your family and your fiance's family for the the date that you perfectly Want, or the flowers or you want cost $50,000 more than your budget. You know, everybody, <laughs> every bride, every wedding involves some degree of compromise and COVID weddings obviously involved a lot more compromise than anybody saw coming. But again, you're not alone if you're planning a wedding and facing these feelings of unmet expectations, feeling more compromised than you wanted. And I think you're a hundred percent right, Raddy, that this this is just kind of, it's great training. It's training for going forward as a wife in marriage and uh, making compromises, being able to make those compromises without resentment, without self-pity. Yeah. And my one, my one bride, Hannah, God bless her, who was just so honest with me and so wonderful. Her advice was, you know, when it comes to your wedding, take time to grieve those unmet expectations, allow yourself to feel your feelings, you know, don't try to pretend they're not there. But then count your blessings, continue to try to keep things in perspective. Oh, wise words from here. No. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I, I really, really do appreciate that. So with keeping in consideration, um, you know, the value of compromising and the value of using all of this um, in order to grow, what practical steps um can brides take that you you would offer them mm-hmm. or suggest yeah and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too you already mentioned some great some really great ideas uh so first of all for couples getting married this year 2021 and beyond this process is only getting easier it's only going to get better it's only going to get more doable as you know the world at large continues to adjust to the pandemic and this new way of life 
Um, a lot of venues have now created plans that are working, that they've executed multiple times to keep people safe during events. Uh, some venues have taken serious steps that I've seen to increase safety and sanitation, like not only wiping down surfaces, asking staff members to wear masks. I was in a venue in October that installed a brand new air filtration system that has like a higher <laughs> rate of filtering out particles. Some venues have really risen to the task, I would say, and they're just so much more prepared to handle larger events now than they were in May 2020 when you got married last summer and beyond. Um, your wedding vendors are also going to be better prepared at this point to guide you to go forward and work on creating those backup plans that you may or may not need um, and, and just sort of guide you with a little more experience at this point. So um, some practical things that I both heard from my past brides, 2020 brides, and things that I saw that worked. Um, always a good suggestion. Suggestion number one, if you're feeling stressed about your wedding, <laughs> go on a date with your fiance and resolve to not talk about wedding planning at all for just one evening. Just give yourselves a night off from all the uncertainty and all the um, what ifs. Uh, step number two, another obvious one, follow all the safety guidelines that your venue lays out. Um, make a plan with your immediate family members and your bridal party for how you guys are going to handle testing, quarantining, mask wearing. I know you said your bridal party was a huge source of support to you, Braddy, while you were wedding planning, but lean on that support, I'd say, and ask your friends to step up to kind of help everybody be safe so that they can still be present for your big day. Um, I'm not sure whether you did this, whether it was such a big thing. I'm seeing it more and more at weddings now, but um, consider streaming your ceremony for guests and family members who may feel safer staying home. Uh, you can ask even your photographer or videographer whether this is a service they've begun to provide. Um, some have. Uh, or you can just assign the role more casually to a family member who might be kind of tech savvy. Did you have somebody putting your wedding on Zoom or Facebook Live or anything like that? Yeah, we did. We actually did put, um, we did nice. YouTube Live. Um, so we did YouTube Live for our, and it was actually the first um, streaming service that was ever offered at our parish. So because of our wedding, our parish was able to move forward and stream masses so moving forward. Um, that, was, that was really exciting. But yeah, I I agree. And it makes me think about how, why didn't this, um, you know, extension of invitations to guests exist beforehand, you know, like now moving forward, um, there are guests regardless, like look at maybe the people who don't make it on your guest list because you have a limited capacity at your venue, or maybe there's that one very close family friend, um, family friend or family member that's halfway across the world that unfortunately they just can't make it, you know, I think now um, this has opened the means to our to brides and grooms everywhere to be able to truly genuinely share their day on a larger scale um, with the people that they love. So this has opened up uh, a new abundance of opportunities. I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. I, it worked out really well for us. And I, I highly recommend to all brides, whoever um, doesn't, whoever doesn't, isn't able to fully share their day with everyone that they love and they are close to streaming is a great, is a great way. To I think do it's that. such a good idea too. Yeah. I, I think you're right. It's kind of forced some new creativity in, in uh, different areas for churches. Yeah. For churches as well as, um, as any other. Yeah. It's, it does make me question like, why didn't we do this before? And I've seen people do some cute things <laughs> with it. Um, just from my own friends 
you know, they've stayed home, watched a wedding on Zoom, but they all got dressed up and they opened a bottle of champagne toast at the end of the ceremony or your friends in the cars. I, I shot a wedding also in May where people did that similarly. They all got dressed up like they would be going to any other wedding, but sat in their cars and honked in the parking lot as um, the bride and groom came out of the church after watching it on their phones, I think on Facebook Live. So yeah, ways you can still virtually get a wider group of people involved. Yeah, absolutely. And participation. <laughs> um, I saw at one wedding in October, I really loved the bride and groom provided wristbands for their guests um, that they could pick up as they walked into the ceremony. And the wristbands kind of indicated how comfortable guests were getting close to other people. They gave out like red, yellow, green wristbands. Like red was like, I'm keeping my distance. And Green was, I'm comfortable with hugs and handshakes. Yellow was somewhere in the middle. I don't remember exactly, but I thought that was a great trick. I was like, I kind of just want that for real life right now. (laughs) (laughs) I said this somewhere too, and I absolutely love the idea. I actually want to incorporate it into our reception. Um, I think, I think it's a, it's a great way to respect your guests' Mm -hmm. comfortability and it also can serve as a great souvenir. Like, get those oh. boys engraved and, you know, like, la- laser engraved and have it be a little bit part of a memory. Like, I attempted to go running and, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. So Everybody cute. Good. Um, people who have had receptions this year or in recent times, I've seen them try to bring other activities into the reception outside of just dancing. Um, again, in case guests are not comfortable getting that close to other people on a dance floor. So they've incorporated yard games um, into their outdoor receptions. They've put conversation starters on the table, wedding day mad libs, those kind of things. Um, I've seen couples find different ways to honor important family members who can't be physically present, um, framing photos to put on chairs, uh, having those family members send video tributes in the reception, that sort of thing. Um, And like you're saying, lastly, just (laughs) having fun with it when it comes to the favors that you're providing your guests, things to take home, whether it's handmade masks that you're giving out uh, and sanitizers instead of place cards with people's names and table numbers on them. Uh, One couple I photographed used pictures of Jim Carrey from the 90s movie, The Mask, (laughs) in all their no, they're <laughs> so funny. Their signage around their venue, um, and their house. Yeah, just a big picture of Jim Carrey with "Please wear your mask when you're entering <laughs> the bathroom." That kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. That's great. That's a really fun way to. Yeah. Anything so, else that you saw that practically worked? I loved your idea of the first dance in the parking lot. Um. Yeah, having your guests wait outside for you. Anything else that you had to add to that? Um, no, I think you hit on all of the points. This, the, these were all really, very, very thought out. And I did just want to comment on the, on the less dancing, more activities at the receptions, because you just gave out some really great ideas to brides who are looking at that, are looking at those options right now. Um, one thing that I have seen is like people are starting to opt more for uh, live bands and just kind of doing like a sit down like mini concert at their weddings. Like I've seen things like that. I've seen people really incorporate more like performances, getting a little bit more extravagant with their first dance or a bridal party dance or things like that. Just allowing the guests to have more of 
um, sit down entertainment. So I, I agree. I think that they're, like you said earlier, this is stretching our creativity, um, allowing people to really kind of de- dive deep into what they don't normally see out there, but how they can still make connections and make it meaningful. And the aspect of just making it fun, like I, it's your wedding day, regardless, it's going to be memorable. It's, it's really exciting to, to be able to look back on those memories regardless, because it's a special day, whether there was a pandemic or not. So um, making it fun is so important and keeping it light and airy and just being able to truly find the joy out of that day and sharing that joy with your guests is so important. So all of the recommendations and ideas that you're giving, I, I really hope that brides allow those ideas um, that are listening right now to sit in those in her heart and be able to channel like what works for themselves and how they can align themselves to be able to find something that 100%. works best for them. I love that idea. Live entertainment. I totally agree. It's really stretching our ideas of what a reception <laughs> has to be, what a ceremony has to look like. And there's a lot of opportunity for creativity. I, I love the things that I'm seeing people come up with. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too, me too. So Emma, um, we've, we've touched on a couple of different areas now. Um, do you have any final words of encouragement? <laughs> yeah, I mean, listeners? my hope is this whole podcast has been encouraging and uplifting and helped you. Uh, maybe alleviate any anxiety of anyone who's planning a wedding going forward. Um, But one last from my own perspective anecdote, I think when I got that first phone call from a couple, my first wedding to cancel in 2020 was I think a March 30th wedding and government shut down what in Mm. Pennsylvania the week before or something. And that couple rescheduled for June. They were one of my first pandemic weddings. And I think those first few weddings that we started tiptoeing back into, I was really, I didn't know how it was going to feel. Those brides didn't know how it was going to feel. They were asking me questions like, well, should I actually wear my wedding dress? You know, should I actually use my makeup artist still? And we were, we were both kind of in a place of like, okay, is the real kind of the, the important part happening now, me and my 10 guests, or are we really kind of postponing it till next year? And we're just gonna, you know, all the good stuff is happening the next year. But very, very quickly, like very early on, waiting back into shooting weddings in uh, spring of 2020. From my perspective, like these small modified weddings that were going on and continue to go on, they're still weddings all the good stuff that happens at weddings, it's still all present <laughs> in every ceremony. Mm-hmm. I hope brides can be encouraged by that. You know, in 2020 and going forward here, you know, parents are still proud of their sons and daughters as they see them make these beautiful promises of commitment and love. Men are still bursting into tears at first looks because their brides are so beautiful, you know? <laughs> whether there's a pandemic on or not. Uh, Moms, when you get them out on the dance floor, they're always still the goofiest with their dance moves. And, uh, you know, I just saw sisters still dropping everything to help each other do the perfect DIY crafts. All the good things that make weddings so special were still happening. Um, And they still very much just felt like real weddings to me. as we kind of said before, like shooting weddings, it's always been a very hopeful experience for me to see two people come together and make these promises. But more so than ever last year and under these kind of extraordinary circumstances, for my part, I really felt like I left each wedding I photographed reminded that love is still worth it. 
the sacramental commitment of marriage is still worth it. And it's also worth celebrating no matter how small or unusual the circumstances we may be are in. I love everything, everything that you just said. What a great way um, to give a final, the final point of encouragement. Um, I can relate all too well <laughs> to the a very similar situation. Um, I also questioned, should I just leave my dress for next year? Because that's the party. That's when everyone's going to see me. I, I tried to push a lot of things for the postponement mm-hmm. date of the reception and just because because people associate the wedding so often with the reception and you're right um at the end of the day I'm so glad that I still decided to wear my dress um I still decided to give significance to that day because that truly is your wedding day that's the day that you're going to celebrate your anniversary on not your reception postponement date so um that's the day that becomes most meaningful that's the day that God intended for you to share that sacrament with your spouse and you're right. At the end of it, it still felt as grand as it would have felt if it were a full event in the same day. Um, and and I love that you're reminding brides of that. Um, we do need to be reminded of that sometimes. And I hope that vendors out there, just like you, are offering that consolidation to those brides. Um, because we need that right now. We need that reminder. Um, we need that reminder. We need that support. Um, and it's because of the uncertainty. So... I'm so happy to hear and I'm overjoyed and my heart is full at listening to the way that you have supported your brides. I'm so excited for the new clients that you're going to take on this year. And as I have listened to all these different interactions with you and your brides from their insight, from their experiences, it truly just brings me back to how no COVID wedding Mm -hmm. is exactly the same. Uh, While some brides at the beginning of the pandemic had planned their wedding to the full extent and then just kind of had to switch things last minute. And then there are newly engaged bride-to-be's who are planning amidst the pandemic. It's just, it's just such a different experience depending on at what point you're starting your wedding planning or um, at what point you've gotten engaged throughout this pandemic. So no experience, no two experiences are alike. And I love that you were able to to come here today and share all of that. I, I really am confident that our listeners are going to be touched and moved by this and are going to leave feeling empowered and feeling like, okay, I can move forward with this. Like, I got this, you know. Good. So I hope that. so. I, really I hope so, so much. And I so appreciate you sharing your experiences, too. I think it's just made this interview so much richer. You know, you also you're a survivor of this whole experience. You came out on the other side and said, like, hey, there's reason to be hopeful. There's reason to, you know, fight off all the stress and uh, <laughs> the negativity and all the things. And, you know, yeah, move forward. And, and marriage is still worth it. So I've so appreciated the chance to talk to you, Raddy. Thank you so much for having me on today. Absolutely, Emma. Thank you so much. And I just want to throw in one very fun last <laughs> yes. question, if that's okay with you. Um, so I wanted to ask you, if you had to pick, what would you hope to be the patron saint? <laughs> oh, of? man, this is so goofy. I would have hoped to come up with uh, a better, more sophisticated answer than this. But the first thing that literally came to my mind when I read this question initially was the um, patron saint of the vegetarian menu at Taco Bell. Um, <laughs> oh, <laughs> <my> <laughs> 
my biggest pregnancy craving. So it's just like, man, if anything could be redeemed here. <laughs> oh, okay. so you're a Taco yes, Bell gal. Uh, uh, outing myself on the Spoken Bride podcast. <laughs> oh, the things are so good. You <laughs> like it. Yeah. Well, I, I know that sounds bad to say since you're the vegetarian for our menu, but so, Taco Bell is great. Well, Emma, thank you once again for joining us. Um, to our guests, thank you so much for listening to Spoken Bride today. Emma, it was such an honor to have you on the show today and sharing your insights. Um, to our guests who are listening, you can find Emma at emmathalman.com. We've linked all of her information, her social media, her listing on the vendor guide on our website, and her website uh, is linked to all of the show notes. And the last thing, if you're looking for wedding vendors in general that share your faith, I highly encourage you to check out our vendor guide on the Spoken Bride website at SpokenBride.com. God bless you. <laughs> Goodbye.